Welcome to Noel 24-7's On the Bench Podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. Josh Newberg, hello. I'm sitting on the bench, ready to go. All right, Josh is doing one of his uh, his specials, uh, his, his sit-down Q&As with, uh, with a friend of his. He's already done a couple of them. We've gotten really good reviews from those so far, so we're going to keep pumping them out this summer. And I'm really excited about this one coming up because it's one of my all-time favorite guys that, that I've met in the industry uh, someone who's always been really nice to me when I was first coming up and covering recruiting back in the day and did the same for Josh as well. Josh, who do you got for us today? Yeah, I have the one and only Larry the Legend Bluestein. Larry um, Legend. Yeah, Larry Bluestein uh, has been on the big three roll up a couple times, but I wanted to get him in more of a uh, serene atmosphere and really sit down and talk some college or some high school football with him. Um, you can find Larry at SouthFordaHighSchoolSports.com. He also does a radio show on WQAM down in Miami. Um, Larry specializes in, in Miami and all things that go down in the South Florida area, but he's knowledgeable about the entire state as well. Uh, my go-to guy for all things recruiting, if I ever you know need a name or don't know a name or something like that, Larry's always got the answers for me. Um, so I wanted to sit down and talk to him a little bit about what's going on in not only in the 2020 class, but some of the guys that FSU brought in in the 2019 class, Larry's been watching them since they were freshmen in high school. So um, in for a different perspective, uh, next up, Larry Bluestein. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back on the bench. Uh, this time, I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, somebody that I look up to, Larry Bluestein of South Florida High School Sports.com or WQAM on the radio. Uh, Larry, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks a lot for having me on the bench with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're used to <laughs> you're used to having Chris Knee on your your radio show every week or every other <laughs> week, but but I filled in for him. How'd I do this week? Awesome. You did awesome. You did. You know. Chris is to the point, at least you kinda like uh, have that humor with you. You know, Chris is all business. All business. But that's not a bad thing, but he's all business. He's got a thousand kids to feed, so he has to do that. <laughs> I know it. I know it. But um, I've known Larry for 15 years now, and um, covering the state of Florida is what he does better than anybody else. And right now, as I have you on, um, some big news just broke, and that's that Donnell Harris, who was the number one ranked defensive end in the entire 2021 class, just announced two things. One, that he's decommitting from Miami, but maybe more importantly, that he's reclassifying 
to the 2020 class. Do you know for that to be a fact right now, Larry? Be a fact. Uh, he, I think, uh, I think he ages out next year. Okay. So that's, I believe that's the reason why. And, um, that probably neither was really a surprise because we, a lot of people in South Florida kind of knew that, you know, going in that, you know, he probably, in fact, I think back in March, he had a, uh, a post and he mm-hmm. mentioned some of the guys and he put Jacory Brooks, 2021, he put, uh, TJ Lewis, uh, at 2021 and then he put himself at 2020. Huh. So that, so I kind of figured that he, he knew the game plan back then. And he, he just, I think he, the, all the colleges knew it, you know, all the colleges that were pursuing him, Alabama, Clemson, Miami, they all kind of knew it. So, uh, but they were just waiting for him to announce it. And he did. And uh, I, you know, neither was a big surprise. I knew, like I said, I knew he was going to reclassify, but, uh, and you got to figure, I mean, he's got the Clemsons and the Alabamas and everybody in the country knocking down his door. And, uh, you know, it, it, and, and again, I know that a lot of changes have been made in the last nine, eight, nine months, but Miami was a seven and six team at the end of the year. You know, I mean, just, you know, no escaping the fact the last time we saw them, they were getting beaten the bowl game. So, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise because right now Miami's not ready to go toe to toe with those big, you know, the big guys. They're just not. You know, they could be in a year or two, but right now, I mean, if he ends up not going to Miami, which I'm sure is going to be a a huge possibility, what are you going to do? It's just uh, you know, it, it happens. But uh, sooner or later, you're going to have to get one of those James Williams. Sooner or later, you're going to have to get a Donald Harris. You're going to have to get that or you're not going to be able to join the elite. It's just going to be tough. Yeah. Um, Larry, your mic's muted a little bit or muffled a little bit, but um, what do you think? Do you think it's a coincidence that he's coming off of a bus tour that just went to FSU, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia tech and Clemson. And then now he announces this whole decision. Do you think that's just a coincidence or do you think it had an impact? on? Um, but you know what? I, So he wanted to open things up because of the fact that he wants to go to these places with a clean slate and, you know, not walk in and everyone goes, well, he's committed to Miami, you know what I mean? So I think he wanted to be that way. So he goes into every situation, you know, with a, with a clean slate and everybody yeah. who's on board figures that they still have a shot for him, you know I mean? And that's the way it should be. I mean, I'm not, you know, especially when you're two years ahead of graduation, I'm not big into that, you know, as far as committing, you know I mean? Cause it, there's just so much to see, especially if you're an elite player, there's just too much to see, you know, there's just, you know, there's too many people that could sway you. Um, yeah. I just, especially when you're in that type of rarefied air, all right. Well, his recruitment's going to play out. It'll, you know, you're right. The, the big dogs are probably going to come calling on him soon. But here's my That's question right. to you. Here, here's here's the more important question. If he is reclassified to 2020, how do you rank him amongst the state's best? He's got to be right up at the top. You know, I mean, like James Cook. Remember what happened with James Cook did the same thing. You know, he was, uh, I believe, what was he, a toolkit. And then he reclassified the 19 or I believe or 19 or 18, however he did it. But, you know, you had to place him, 
He's as good as anybody for that. For the is he, you know, is he better than Ch- is he better than Chance Williams? <sighs> I think he's right there. He's okay. still got a lot of growing to do, though. He's still got so a lot who, of maturing to do. Who are like who are the top three, top five pass rushers in the state, in your opinion, this year? <sighs> There's a few. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you got to figure. Uh, you know, now they, you know, for the class of 2021 or for the 2020 class? 2020. Well, Chance obviously is right there. I mean, and now and, we I put mean, Donnell Harris in there. Yeah, yeah, Don and Donnell. I mean, it's, I mean, there's not very many. The 21 class would have had a few more that I could see, but right. But I think right now Donnell Harris has got to be first or second. Yeah, you don't have a lot of the elite type uh no. edge rushers you have a lot of guys no. built like um you know uh, here's a guy fsu likes a lot elijah roberts you know he, he yeah. he's not even in the same breath as a guy like dono right no 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 different type different type and exactly he's already i mean i think that right now donnell's doing everything he can to get over 200 pounds and elijah's like two you know so they're two different animals there yeah um yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, there's a kid, Leonard Taylor, out of Palmetto for the 21 class, who may be an interior kid, but, I mean, he you could put him on the end, and, and he could, he'll go after you. I saw him in the uh, spring jamboree against Rockledge. Yeah. So, uh, but for the 2020 class, I think, they, you know, I mean, if, if he ever picked any time to do it, it would have been a good thing, because there's a big, every year there's going to be a need though, Josh, I mean, for that position. So, I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't matter when he came out. I just think that he did come out at the right time, you know, and, and, and I just think that his mind was kind of made up, you know, because every, I think too much pressure is put on these people, you know, to go to Miami sometimes, you know, just because you're a local guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this pod's going to be a little bit all over the place because I got so many things I want to ask you about. Um, before I get to uh, FSU's 2019 class, and I want to talk to you about some of those guys, I want to ask you, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion right now that Isaiah Walker is the top offensive lineman in the state. Who, who do without you like? Hesitate. Yeah? Without hesitation. Like I said, that kid's four, less than four years away from walking across the stage on the first night of the NFL. <laughs> what makes Isaiah Walker such a special player? He's extremely strong and athletic. Not only does he have the size, but his athleticism. I saw him uh, in the in their spring game pull from the tackle position. That's not easy. Mm. You know, he got out real quick, and I mean, because he has to outrun those the back and, backs and get out in front of them. Uh, amazing. It's just an amazing thing, the way he plays. And uh, to be that big and that athletic, that's what it's all about. That's why you have sometimes these tight ends. You know, you've heard uh, a lot of the, like Eric Winston, he used to play for University of Miami. I remember the first time that he was interviewed and after he played, and, and one of the guy goes, for a tight end, you're going to make a hell of a offensive tackle. And, <laughs> you know, you could, you could just tell. And then Isaiah is one of those guys for the last two years just, just an extremely crazy, crazy athlete, um, does everything well. Uh, he's, I mean, he pass blocks, he runs extremely well, you know, I mean, and I know that there's a quite a few schools on him right now. I know he's a South Carolina commit, but you know, that means nothing. I mean, you know, right. I mean, yeah, we don't have to get too far into recruiting details, but I mean, you don't see a way in hell he stays committed to USC East, do you? 
I wouldn't think, you know, I mean, uh, uh, but, you know, they improved their line the last couple of years by getting the kid Fox from Northwestern and also getting Murphy from uh, uh, St. Thomas. So, I mean, if they want to show him, hey, look, this is what we're doing, and you watch these kids play, and you know these guys, you know, so this is where we're going, that would be the only way. Uh, to me, I look at them, Florida would be a good fit. FSU would be a good fit. I know Miami's been at them. He just seems like no matter where he goes, he's going to fit in. It's just, he's just one of the guys, you know, he gets there and all of a sudden you say to yourself, wow, you know, where are we going to plug him in? Cause he's going to be plugged in somewhere. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I just think that the, the pool of offensive talent is so shallow within the state of Florida. Maybe it's the yeah. state of Florida Homer in me as well, but I just, I don't see any way in hell this kid gets out of the grasp of the big three. And then if it's not the big three that comes calling, uh, you know, like you said, he's a first round draft pick. Why wouldn't a, a team like Alabama recruit I, Isaiah Walker, maybe later down, but I don't think he's going to stay committed to South Carolina. Um, all right. So I want to flip it back over and follow up on something that you said on my other podcast, the big three roll up. We had you on in December and this is before he decommitted and signed with Florida state, but you were talking about Malcolm Ray and how you thought Malcolm Ray was Dade County Player of the Year, if not the top player in the state of Florida. Um, tell these people on, on a different platform what it was that you liked about Malcolm Ray so much, and how did he slide to the Seminoles? Well, the whole thing is, is he, he started, FS, USF showed the first love to him. And mm-hmm. it was a good love because it was the first time he came out of Hallandale, one of like about nine other of those guys that came out of Hallandale. And I watched him as a ninth and 10th grader. And I kept saying, you know, this is those, and you've seen when you see a young guy and you go, wow, I can't wait till, he, you know, he's at the end of his junior year. He's going to just be absolutely freakish. Well, I looked at him and I said, he's cat quick. And they got him playing linebacker at the time. And I says, you know, he's at a, a whole different level as far as, you know, uh, quickness and strength. Uh, and so I, I kept watching him. And as he got bigger, he started, you know, fulfilling everything that I said he would be. And I looked at, the, you know, last year at the beginning of the year, I says, he's going to kill people. I mean, you can't block him. He's, he's cat quick. He's got those instincts um, that are unbelievable unbelievable instincts he's strong um he's very and he goes against and you got to remember i mean when you say that about a guy from south florida who played in a a district with new orleans with um northwestern with central and then oh by the way play on the side uh columbus and all these other teams and just he had like 19 sacks in the first six games I mean, he was, it was incredible to just kind of watch him. And, and that's what I felt. And when he, and I kept saying every time I saw him and not to cut at USF, cause I won't, do mm-hmm. that, but I said, Hey, I have a feeling that your recruitment is not even close to being over. <laughs> and he never really, you know, he just kind of seemed at the time. And then all of a sudden, FSU came roaring in and it was about the same time that FSU came in on the, on the kid, Maurice Smith. Right. who was committed to Boston College. See, so to me, that, I call that the Telly Lockettisms because <laughs> I think that Telly Lockett really came in on that, you know, on the 11th hour and started telling him and also, 
you know, my, uh, Smith, that you guys got a, a decent chance to get right in the mix. I mean, right away. Yeah, they do. And, you know, at a, at a top flight ACC school and, you know, I mean, and they know your athleticism and, and they know kids like Brian Burns and guys that have come from South Florida that accelerate quick, you know, because they have that comp, you know, take nothing away from the rest of the state. We're just talented all over the state. But, but when you talk about day in and day out, Josh, get in week out to play, you know, that type of level and excel, then you're ready. And uh, that's, I just think that they got a kid who's just going to be, he, he's a great kid. You see, I mean, you're never going to ever have to worry about him, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night in the off season. You're never going to have to worry about his grades in the classroom. And I think all that combined, you know, makes him one of the stellar recruits in that class. And I, and I, and I'll stand behind it. And, and as he gets bigger and he gets stronger and continues to learn from college coaches, Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna turn some heads. Well, one guy that has already turned heads is Akeem Dent. We heard oh, so yeah. much throughout his recruitment that he was never gonna sign with FSU. He was never gonna end up in Tallahassee. Well, guess what? He committed to yeah. Jimbo Fisher. He stayed on through the transition. He stayed on through the five and seven team. He stayed on through all the rumors of him not signing early, and he ends up arriving on campus in January has a phenomenal spring game. Everybody's excited about him. Um, do you think he's the next three and out DB at FSU? Yeah, he's one of those guys that is going to be, it's going to go quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's his career in Tallahassee is going to be quick. Going to be one of those guys. Another, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you look this year and what we have five or six guys uh, from Florida go in the first round, four or five of them from South Florida. So you figure to yourself, I mean, he's one of those guys, you know, along with Walker and along with maybe one other guy that, you know, right now that you say to yourself, wow, got to get a quick look at this kid because he comes in already and he's he's Mm -hmm. as talented and as skilled as they got it at Florida State. Uh, You know, I mean, you got young guys at Florida State that made an impact last year, like Asante Sims. Somebody yeah. like that, you know, you or or the last couple of years with uh, Boosie's son uh, Samuel. Um, yeah, he's uh, had an second. outstanding career so far. Yeah, so I mean, you take a look at those guys who come in, Josh, that are ready. I mean, really ready, not just well, in a couple of years we'll get. No, there's mm-hmm. no couple of years. You know, they're they're going they're going into the fire in the Louisville game right off the bat type stuff. So is, that's what I'm saying, and, and it's huge to get those type of kids, and, and it takes a long relationship of scouting to really find those type of kids. Is Dante Lucas that type of kid, or is he a year away? That's what we're trying to figure out. He may be a year away, but Florida State needs him now. Right. <laughs> so he's going to kind of have to learn on the fly. And, and uh, but he's a tough enough kid, and he's a prideful kid. You yeah. know, he's going to get he's oh, going to yeah. get his butt beat a few times. I'm sure he has already. And then, uh, but they like what they see because he's big, strong kid. Um, he's will he's he like I said he'll work he'll if he makes a mistake or he gets beat he's going to ensure that doesn't happen again. And and that's the type of guy you want. Somebody that's going to progress, and you're never going to take, you're never going to get anybody who's flawless. It's just going to be impossible. So you're going to get a lot of flaws out of these kids. But uh, you know, the, the the main thing is he's he's got the package. You just have to kind of refine it. And this is where coaching comes in. And, and I think people generally overlook 
coaching. And Florida State happens to have themselves a really, really good offensive line coach. You know, somebody who seems to me that, you know, he's a player's guy, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and certainly, you know, respected by a lot of people. And I think that helps. I think that really helps. Yeah. Uh, early on in, in my career, I remember we were at a USF camp. It was probably sling and shoot back in the day. And you and I were at lunch and we were talking about um, guys leaving the state. And I thought, I thought there was an absurd amount of guys leaving the state. And you taught me a good right. lesson in perspective. You said, Josh, did you know every year out of the state of Florida, there's about 320 to 350 kids that go D1 every year? You're like, if yeah. the big three took a full class of 25 each out of the state it of Florida, even dent it. it would be it even dent. So there's always this perception that, that kids are leaving the state. However, right now, I think there is like a real thing, a real trend going on where not just kids, but the elite of the elite are going to Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. Have you ever, am I wrong? And, or have I, have you ever seen anything like this before? Well, I've seen it. I mean, cause look at, you know, I mean, you're, we're getting, I look at like a Steve Hutchinson who's getting ready to go into the hall of fame and they never stayed home. Uh, Marvin, you know, Marvin Jones who did, well, he stayed home, went to Florida state, but I'm talking about just staying in your area. And to me, see, it's not a worrisome thing for Florida state. Cause look at, they're right. Well, I think Basically, just for the state of Florida in general, I think it's worrisome because I think yeah, when you got um, – when we're not just talking – I mean we're talking the best of the best. We're talking the top 20 in the state. A majority of those kids are going to Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia right now. Well, yeah, yeah, and rightfully so. Look at how they're playing. But not only that, look at Florida State and Miami last year combined for five and seven and seven right. and six. I mean, oh, I'm, not your blaming I'm just asking. No, you I'm if saying Florida had a nice year last year, but Florida too. You see, it's sometimes it's not really, really fair for, to include a Florida state because of the fact that within three hours driving, they're in four states. See, that's what I'm saying. So you yeah, have local, their locals defined differently. Yeah. So, I mean, for Miami, you drive three hours, you just get to Orlando. So, and that's what I'm saying. So for them and, and they're in a different situation because they're a private school and, you know, they sometimes FSU or Florida could take a kid and, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, he have him as a preferred walk on and he could do it for a year or two. You know, you can't do that in Miami. You'll be in, you'll be a debt. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's a different story, but there's always big, big time kids, you know, that, that leave, uh, you know, Florida state, some of Florida state's better kids. If you look have come from outside the state over the last couple of years, because of the fact that that's where they were recruiting. Jimbo yeah. got to the point where he got a lot of those kids from Texas and he got a lot of Louisiana kids and Florida state lives in Atlanta and they have a lot of, you know, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, but the true uh, difference makers like LaMarcus Joyner and Timmy Jernigan, Matthew Thomas, Dalvin cook, Devontae Freeman, James water, you know, these guys were all from within the state. And, and I, and it felt like, um, back before about two or three years ago, it was FSU that made the run for five or six years and landed everybody in the state. Prior to that, it was Florida under Urban Meyer in the early 2000s. They were landing everybody. Prior to that, it was Miami in the early 2000s. Then prior to that, it was FSU in the the 90s. And I think we're at this weird time now where the in-state schools, Florida, I feel like this is Florida's window to really capitalize on things. And they're uh, dropping the ball, shit in the bed, whatever you want to call it. And the other two schools are trying to figure it out. Well, in the meantime, meaning Miami and Florida State, they're just trying to get back on track. But in the meantime, 
I've never seen Alabama in some of these schools capitalize on the on the top players in the state. So why is it, especially it seems like in South Florida, what is it about the mentality where where they don't they just don't have a loyalty to the in-state programs through thick and thin? Yeah, well, I mean, I I will I mean, I'll answer, but I but I'll also say that I would challenge anybody to look up even when Miami was winning 58 of 59 games, you know, that are still losing a ton of marquee kids, uh, you know, who sometimes just didn't want to stay home. Sometimes didn't want the competition, you know, I mean, for other reasons, but I think a lot has to do with, you have a lot of people involved in the, in the process. these days. Mm. I mean, you think about it. I mean, back even 15 years ago, when you started doing all this stuff, there wasn't this much interference, this outside interference. You didn't have these, you know, quote, I mean, there's college coaches will tell me flat out, I'm not dealing with somebody. It's a third party. I'm sorry. Unless third party's mom and dad, I'm not dealing with them. And they don't. And guess what? Those are also the, the, Hey, the, the coaches that don't deal with them are also the coaches that don't land the kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So, I mean, but that's part of the whole deal. Everybody wants to be relevant. And, uh, and I, you know, you got me thinking because I'll look back and I'll see, and I think I surprise you by, I think we see it now. It's just sort of like every year, like if it rains a lot, you go, wow, did it ever rain this much before? You know what I'm saying? So you just, it probably happens. And it's happened in the past. I think if you look at a lot of the kids generally from South Florida or Central Florida or even North Florida, they wouldn't opt because to them, you got to remember too, being in the SEC or ACC, there's such regional conferences, mm-hmm. you know, so you're always going to play against people, you know, or, and nowadays with the seven on seven and the summer camps, I mean, there, I mean, in those elite showcases, there's nobody you don't know anymore. Really, when you think about it, there's nobody you don't know. So sometimes you'll meet a friend, a guy, maybe you're, you're trying to decide between Miami, Florida, Florida State. All of a sudden you go to one of those elite camps, the kid's going to Oregon. <laughs> and I'm yeah. using that because of the fact that it happened down here. We had the kid, uh, um, uh, the linebacker out of uh, Deerfield Beach, who pretty much looked at Florida State and Florida and he was loving, you know, all that. And then all of a sudden he went to one of those events and there was like six Oregon guys. He had a great time. He met the coaches and all that stuff. And before you know it, he changed direction. And those things happen, especially right. now more than ever. And you know from the seven-on-seven seven trail how many kids probably switched schools in high school during that time, just because they met a guy that, you know, maybe lives 10, 12 miles away that they didn't know before, but they hung together and they have a lot of, you know, a lot in common. So <clears throat> there's a lot of factors, but to, you know, pinpoint why I would say, because there's a lot of outside interference. A lot of people go, oh, you don't need to be going to FSU to or five and seven. You don't need to go to Miami. They're this. So you get that outside interference. A lot of the parents, or if it's a mom or, you know, and a grandma, who, you know, in a lot of cases, you have to, you know, the first person that kind of sounds like they're credible to them are the people they listen to. So somebody could be, you know, all nice and prim and proper and then cut your throat and, you know, try to get the money out of your kid and all this, you know, he's going to the NFL. I'll be his guy, you know, and mm-hmm. it happens. And uh, I want him to go to Wisconsin or I want him to go to Clemson or I want him to go to Georgia. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you never know what happens, you know, I mean, to this day, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're never going to convince me that, that, you know, money always talks, Josh, you know, and that's the way it is. I mean, in, in a lot of these, 
a lot of these programs uh, around the country, you know, whether it's it's probably not them directly, but a lot of their boosters and trying to act important, all of a sudden waving $100 bills around saying, hey, listen, you get more of this if you come here. And I've seen it. I've seen it, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of factions. You're probably not wrong when you look at the statistics, maybe more so there are a lot more marquee kids leaving, but I think you'll see in the past that we had, we lost our share of pretty decent guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this weekend I'm heading up to Tallahassee for camp. I was up in Tallahassee last weekend. Uh, what do you got? Are you, are you down in Miami? Where were you last weekend? Uh, last weekend I was at the University of Miami. I had a, for, uh, well, actually I did a nice. We did FAU, FIU, uh, and Miami. Satellite. And the best, and the best thing about it is you had those now, and they don't call them satellite camps; they call them super camps. Oh, and What is impressive about these super camps is you get head college coaches like Louisville Satterfield was there. Um, call Jeff Collins from uh, Georgia tech, uh, you know, when, so their, their staffs will come down like at a universe at a FIU and uh, they'll have a camp, but because Butch Davis says, you know what? Not all these kids are like, they're not our type of kids, you know, so, so we might as well have other schools down here and they reciprocate. And that's, so that's what I did last week, uh, like on Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday I had, a, or Sunday, I had a chance to go to the university of Miami, um, their facility. First time I really got a chance to see it. They did an awesome job. I can't say it enough. You know what don't I mean? Say, and don't, don't you say less, Larry, say less. This is an FSU. I'll podcast. say less. Yeah, well, no, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I know but, I'm just, but I'm just saying they did an awesome job with that, and 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 that's, you know, I mean, just facts are facts. I mean, they, I think the FSU people are well aware that Miami's a private school, and anything that they achieve in that mode is is pretty tough. But, mm-hmm. but you know, having that, and then this week I had the USF, and um, and I'm excited for this. Oh, weekend that's coming right. Up. So, yeah, you're going to be in Tampa, and I'm leaving. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to get together, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about that as as well. And then you know you take a look at those type of guys. And, uh, and I I try to get up to FSU. Last year I came up, and um, I just you know it's the whole different situation than you know back in the day when I first started when Bobby was their coach, and then and then when Jimbo took over, and mm-hmm. and and having known Jimbo for all those years when he was with LSU and. You know, he could, he used to call me all the time. We'd talk and stuff. So it's really good. And I, and I, and the same thing with Taggart, I just think that, and I said this over and over again, and you, I think you and I were together two years ago at Under Armour watching the class that's now at FSU, this incoming 20, 2019 class that came in mm-hmm. uh, some pretty, some pretty decent kids. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I think the program's headed in a great direction, and uh, and it's cyclical. And, and like you said, you know, oh, before Florida State had all the guys, and Florida, and then Miami. It's just it's going to go round and round, and that's just the way it's meant to be. And uh, but I think all three of them are in really good shape, you know, as far as that's concerned. And w- I think that uh, the nation of college football is better when Miami, Florida, and Florida State are back on the map. Oh, I. I fully agree with that i fully agree with that i think uh just from an it's always more entertaining it's always more entertaining yeah. to have the better but it takes the best talent being on the field and i think that's what we're getting at here is just that the big three are lacking the true difference makers um that we saw throughout the other eras so 
don't know, but it's also kind of cool. It's kind of a time where things are up for grabs in the state. And even though it looks like Florida, it looks like Florida is ready to take the baton and run with it. But Hey, if you know, they only won nine games last year, if they win eight or nine this year, all of a sudden you can, you know, uh, maybe it is a Florida state that's ready to emerge again is the, is the power. So, you know, some of these kids are, yeah, you can't flip. flip. That's why this is their window and the window is going to be short lived. You know how that is. Two years ago, Florida was in a tough situation, but I think that the thing that, that helped them, you know, was winning towards the end. And people remember you for that, just like they remember you losing towards the end. And, but, but I think the one thing that Florida State has not been in this situation in, what, 30-something years, where yeah. they're coming off a year where they had a losing record and no bowl season in that that to me is enough to motivate you to the point where I think that this year will be huge because you know how it is. Fans judge you on every darn thing. So they're going to be judged. I mean, they got new coaches in different places. Their recruiting really was like that. We saw all the, you know, we saw all the, the recruiters during spring and they were out and like never before. And it's a good thing to see, but, uh, but I know the fans in, in Florida State fans want to see the W's, just like they do anywhere else. But I think more so, and I think a lot of the fans, I never remembered an FSU fan who was embarrassed to wear a shirt or a hat before. But last year, right. it was kind of tough on them. And uh, once you get used to it, you know, and then and winning and the way they had, you know, but I think it's all, like, it's all on the way back. Uh, I, you know, I think people will find out all those people who are kind of like naysayers and people who are just like throwing barbs in the direction of these coaches. So I mm-hmm. think they'll be eating their words because uh, they got talent. Yeah, man, it's a, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be an interesting year. I think they do bounce back. Um, this recruiting class from, from 2018 in, in the, even in the 2019, I think has some, has some true difference makers on it. Um, Larry, appreciate you coming on the on the bench podcast. I'm going to hang up with you and proceed to drive to Tallahassee. Um, okay. I'd like to get you back on maybe before the high school season starts and, and really dig into uh, some of the districts and who who some of the yeah. front runners are as we get closer. We'll That's do it. Cool. I'm excited. I'm excited about that. There's a lot and a lot of great matchups this year during the regular season. I don't think that we now. I can say this. I don't think we've had as many programs going playing just top flight teams from around the country and throughout the state. So I'm excited about that. I know that the the whole area from the Big Bend area now a lot of new coaches in in place. Yeah. So I'm excited. We'll talk about that. And yeah, we'll we'll break down all the the you know the classes who who figures to to, to be the. You know the game, the title games. Uh, you guys got a couple in Tallahassee this year, which is nice. It's, it's a break. I mean, it's a longer drive for us, but nevertheless, you know, it's still football in December. So uh, I'm never going to turn my turn my back <laughs> on that. <laughs> All right, Larry, man, we appreciate it. Uh, you guys can follow Larry at Larry Bluestein on Twitter, or go to SouthFloridaHighSchoolSports.com or WQAM.com and see all his write-ups about uh, high school athletes all over the state. Thanks, Larry. Steph, be careful. Thanks, Josh. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you. That's Larry Bluestein. Um, known Larry for a long time. What'd you think, Brandon? It was pretty good. Oh, should I turn my microphone on now? Yeah, you're good, man. Um, can, you hear, can you hear my wife mowing behind me?
No. no. Okay. All right. Good. I I love Larry. I was I was kind of in a bad mood before the podcast started, and uh, Larry's one of like he's a genuinely nice, fun guy who makes you happier to be around him. He's always been that way. That's probably why he's stuck around so long. So yeah. his energy's awesome. Yeah, he's great. I've known Larry for a long time. I still remember. Like, you know how we routinely report on 21, 2022, 2023 guys right now? Like, it's not mm-hmm. even a big deal. I remember when I first entered the business, and Larry, uh, we were at Sling and Shoot out at Tampa, and it was 2006. And I remember Larry, like, telling me about these 2008 DBs, and or maybe he was telling a coach about them. Back then, the coaches were allowed to be there from different programs. And my, like, jaw hit the floor, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, you know about kids that are going into the 10th grade? Like, what? I thought I looked at him like he was a wizard. I had no idea that it went this deep. And, um, you know, most people probably know that before they get the recruiting job. I found that out, like, while I was doing recruiting. But um, he was always, always ahead of the game. I respect the hell out of Larry. He's helped me a lot in my career. And um, he's really one of the most knowledgeable people that you can talk to about the state of Florida. So we'll get him back on before the high school season starts and get more into like, who are the top teams in Miami and Tampa, Orlando, and kind of break it down from that perspective. He's great. I wanted to keep it kind of like on a, you can go everywhere with Larry. So I wanted to keep it kind of on one track on this interview, but he, he was trying to get you to start breaking down the uh, football upcoming 20, 2020 football season or 2019 football season uh, in high school now like he did yeah we almost dabbled in it yeah he was starting to he was (laughs) trying uh hey are you uh, are you excited you're gonna see me this weekend if i if i do see you i mean i was planning to come and help out with the camp uh, like on saturday not all weekend yeah we're not gonna need any help but you can definitely come out there i'll just come and watch i'll give you i'll give you help that you don't want (laughs) well we'll be there so come find us all right. So, uh, so you, sir, have safe travels. I will, uh, I guess I'll see you on Saturday. That wasn't really a, a warm, uh, come on and, and hang out with us, but maybe I won't now. I don't know. Uh, so I, I'm just saying like, we're going to be out there. It's going to be hot. There's not going to be a whole lot of talent there. If you want to come out there, I'm, I'm just saying like, we, I don't need help. You know, a, a lot of times, uh, we need more eyes or we need more microphones for interviews. Like if you're out there, you're probably just going to be getting in my way and there's really not anything for you to, for you to do. With Noel's 24 sevens on the bench podcast, this is a very dejected Brett and Sinone. Josh, really, really great job. with I'm this saying one. have a great weekend and, and hang out with your wife. Thanks Larry for joining us. Uh, Josh. Yeah. Stick in the landing. See you Saturday. <laughs>